three, two, one. Hey, y'all. We've got a lot of energy today. Welcome back to Whatever the Weather podcast. Uh, really a very weird day. Really? Like, we're, we're both, like, bouncing off the walls. Well, Katie had an energy drink. Yeah, after coffee, so. And I just have lifeblood <laughs> running through my veins, so. <laughs> yeah, well, today is a really fun day because we're going to be talking about weather myths and folklore. Mm-hmm. So, lore. Or folk. Lore of the folk variety. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So, again, we've got a lot of energy today. Uh, But we want to thank you guys for watching and listening to Whatever the Weather. All of our past podcasts and video podcasts are online on ksat.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The way we love to start this podcast is by talking about. Our favorite part of the week. So, Katie, what's been your favorite part of the week? Easy. So, I've got this queen bed in my house. Really nice frame. Um, it was, I, it's not real leather. It's pleather, pleather. Pleather leather. Pleather leather. There you go. Say and that five times fast. <laughs> no. <laughs> not even going to try. <laughs> so, I, my cat, he's not declawed. And over the years, he has, it started as like one spot, he would do his little need claw thing on the side. And then it just, it got way out of hand. And so the bed is just in shambles. It looks, I mean, it's still usable, but it doesn't look good. So I finally recovered the bed with velvet. I did it yesterday. Nice. And I've never been so, maybe that's why I'm in such a good mood because I actually completed a task that's awesome katie <laughs> um i'll i'll make sure we pop the pictures in here i mean it's not like earth shattering um I mean, ikea's not gonna cool. call but it's uh what color is the velvet gray gray velvet yeah very smooth do you think that theo could destroy that yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> which is why it's in our guest bedroom and that's why he's not allowed in there well there you go at all so that has easily by far been the best part of my week. What cool. about yours, Sarah? Best part of my week what actually features you, Katie. Mm-hmm. We were able to meet all together as a weather team, and that was so much fun. The fun. five of us, we hardly ever see each other uh, regularly because our schedules are all different. <laughs> uh, but we got to go over to Justin Horn's house and hang out and eat fajitas, and it was awesome. So, that was great. Okay. So just a reminder about this podcast, you know, we do a video element that's available to watch on ksat.com, but it's also audio, you know, you'll be fine if you want, just listen to it, but it's all about the weather. Katie and I are meteorologists and we love to talk about what we do. We love it so much. We've made jobs out of talking about the weather. Yeah, so I guess we have. All right. So <laughs> Uh, Let's start by answering some questions from some listeners Mm -hmm. and some viewers. Uh, The way you can ask questions is on ksat.com on the Whatever the Weather um, newsletter. We've got a section there where you can ask your questions. This one comes from Grant, and he says, Does it sometimes get boring when the seven-day outlook is the same? Grant, 
Yes. <laughs> but that's where we have to come in and make things interesting. The weather mm-hmm. is always interesting. <laughs> Even when it's quiet, there are subtle changes here and there that we can see as scientists mm-hmm. that impact your uh, life at home. And so sure. that actually makes, when the weather is boring, when the weather's not doing much, I find that that's a great way for us to exercise our creative muscles yeah. and come up with things like a dog walking forecast or, uh, you know, uh, a patio forecast, things like that. Yeah. Justin Horn, our colleague, always says that when the when the weather is really quiet, like if it's summer and it's just sunny and 100 degrees every day, he's like, this is where we earn our paycheck yes. because we've still got an amount of time we have to fill and we have to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely. That's a good question. Great question. Thank you, Grant. My question comes from AJM and AJM asks, you all mentioned how you have monitors that you look at when you are against the green screen. How do you select buttons to change graphics? You seem to move your arm and hand to an area and hold it for a second. Mm-hmm. So are there sensors used? This is a complicated question. Bam, bam, bam. So we have two, and I believe we talked about this in the very first episode. Maybe we have mm-hmm. two different types of weather software that we use. So essentially two different sets of weather graphics. They have a lot of similarities, but one we use more for uh, active weather. So rain, thunderstorms, maybe even severe weather. That's probably the one, AJ, if you've seen us tracking severe weather or anything and we have the radar up, we do... We can hold our hand up and it's tracking our hand movements. And when we put our hand up and press a button on the clicker, that's when things change. So we've got a software that does use those. I guess they would be sensors. It's, yeah, it's but tracking it's our movements. It's all controlled by, by uh, the remote that we have in our hands. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's track. The camera is tracking our movements but it all comes down to the remote we have in our hands and then the other weather software we have is strictly just a remote we push a button and it advances to the next set of graphics so great questions y'all thank you so much keep them coming we try to answer two questions every episode and this episode is a fun one we've been talking about it all uh, week long (laughs) weather myths and folklore so what do we mean by that well it's different idioms different things people Mm -hmm. say and also Uh, you know, common misconceptions about the weather. So I thought I would kick it off with this one. Quote, it never rains at my house. The storms always go around me. There's a bubble around my home. Mm -hmm. What a great thing to start with because we hear this all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Y'all said it was going to rain. It never rains, blah, blah, blah. Or it just seems like that the storms go around my house. Well, This is all about confirmation bias, right? If you see storms coming and you think, oh man, they're going to miss me and they actually do miss you, then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I was right about that. Mm -hmm. But if the storm hits you, you kind of just kind of forget about it, you know? Uh, And another thing to think about is that our physical location on the map is so, so tiny. I mean, each person takes up only a few feet of space on a map and then your houses take up only a few hundred or thousand feet of space on the maps. In reality, uh, when you're looking at the radar, you're seeing your surroundings on a very large scale. We're talking miles Mm -hmm. and miles of a difference. And it's totally true that during an event, a storm may pass south or to the north of you. It, It may miss you, but this is often by a few miles, not by a few feet, right? And so 
when you're looking at the radar, your perception is much grander than your your um, what you're actually experiencing. What you're mm-hmm. seeing is much larger than what you're actually experiencing. And the odds are that if you were to put a pin on any place in else around uh, San Antonio, it would probably miss just as much in those areas yeah. as it would in your location. So it's about odds. It's about uh, you know your perception and confirmation bias. If you believe something to be true, sometimes you you make, you make it true in your mind. So yeah. that's really cool. What we're gonna do on the visual part of this podcast is I'm gonna send our awesome producer Alyssa. Shout out Alyssa. What are you going to make her do? I'm going to send her this map oh. <laughs> of of yearly rainfall around Bear County nice. and around the KSAT 12 viewing area. And I dare you to find the hole on the, where you live. You won't find it. It always rains in many places around San Antonio. I thought you were that you were going to send her out. I'm like, what are you going to? I'm going to send her on an adventure to collect rain to from every location in San Antonio. <laughs> No. It is so true. That's though. what I'm going to do. And so you'll be able to see those that that picture of that. It really it really does rain at your place. It's just when you're anticipating it and it doesn't, it can be a bit of a disappointment. That was a good explanation. Like, oh, there's the. So when I was going to grad school in Starkville, they called it the Starkville bubble because it seemed like storms. You know, people there going to school for weather, they always wanted it to storm, yeah. and it's the it was a Starkville bubble. So then, like, yeah, once you hear that a couple times, and then it actually doesn't rain, you're like, oh, that's real. Not. And then we could really get into the weeds with like a cone <laughs> of silence with the radar because the radar is near New Braunfels, but that's different. It yeah, we'll get that, that could way. be that would be a fun episode. Go Keep ahead. that in mind. Okay. Write that down. Radar. Writing it down. Cone of silence. Okay. She didn't write anything down. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to take the next one. And I actually had someone here at work asking me about this, and that was kind of my inspiration for this episode's topic. So tornadoes, they don't happen in valleys or low-lying areas and they definitely definitely can't cross like geographic lines like i live in this valley or on the other side of this hill and tornadoes they never come over here false 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 so (laughs) tornadoes can happen anywhere if the right atmospheric conditions are in place that's a big key elevation really doesn't matter if the right atmospheric conditions are in place but what you'll typically find especially across the U.S. is that places where a lot of times the right atmospheric conditions are in place warm and muggy that's going to be some of the flatter parts of the country like Mm. Texas like parts of the plains that's a very flat yeah Kansas Oklahoma so we've got a graphic here that is the total number of tornadoes per county. This is from 1995 to 2014, so it's not exactly the latest and greatest. But I thought this painted a good picture where you see the darker colors. That's where there's a higher number of tornadoes per county. And really the bullseye is parts of the plains. So Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska coming off the Rocky Mountains. Very, very flat there. And also parts of Texas. Um, as you get into parts of the southeast, it does become a little bit more hilly in places. Um, parts of North Mississippi and North Alabama can be a bit more hilly um, and, and very wooded, but still not mountainous by any means. And then Florida's a bullseye too. We know Florida's very flat. Yeah, Florida's practically it's got underwater. a bunch of holes in it. So, um, switch cheese. <laughs> typically, where you see a lot of tornadoes across the country are areas that are more flat, but that's mainly because 
they're more prime for mm -hmm. really warm, moist air to flow in from the Gulf, and that's Florida, the southeast, and then parts of the plain. So there is no truth to the fact that tornadoes can't move through valleys or, or over terrain. Um, as long as the funnel itself is touching the ground, it's a, it's a tornado. So, um, yes. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. This next one, though, I'm not going to lie. I believed it when I was younger. Oh, okay. This, yes, yes, yes. This next one that cows can sense when it's going to rain and they'll all sit down I all together before rain. Alyssa, did you hear that? Have no. You heard? <laughs> Alyssa's never heard that. Well, uh, that's okay. Uh, a lot of, uh, it's, it's a common myth, especially in like rural areas and like something that a lot of our grandparents, you know, I, I remember just driving along the side of the road and go, driving past pastures and mm -hmm. seeing all the cows sitting down and be like, oh my gosh, is it going to rain? soon well and the idea behind this is that maybe they can feel the air pressure or maybe they can feel uh, the the moisture content in the air going up and so they they recognize i got to sit down so that i can be on the <laughs> ground and i won't get knocked over by any kind of rain or anything but in reality there is no scientific proof or scientific evidence that cows sit during storms in fact Cows are herd animals. So when one cow does one thing, oftentimes they, they follow each other. So if one's like, mm, I'm tired, I'm going to sit down. Some of them, all of the rest of them may sit down with them <laughs> as well. And also they chew cud constantly, right? I'm chewing. <laughs> okay. They, they chew their cud constantly. And so in order to digest that it feels better for them to sit down and, and just okay. kind of be chill yeah right uh now that being said you know there are some theories that why you might see a few cows sitting down when when storms are approaching and of course that's what i mentioned earlier that they may sense the air pressure the moisture mm -hmm. increase or you know what they may simply be spooked by thunder off in the distance uh and that could be the case i know my cat nora freaking hates storms yeah and she like slinks and starts crawling into a little like underneath the couch and yeah. stuff like that so again they're herd animals so if one does one thing usually the rest follow that's why you have stampedes and why you need um why cow dogs even work at all okay because they they herd them together so again no scientific proof that that's what happened we have a cattle rancher here that works at ksad his name is dale he's a photographer and even i asked him i said hey have you ever noticed that you know your cows will sit down he said sometimes but most of the time they kind of just stand up and just bear the brunt of the storm and i was like okay interesting. or they'll go underneath like a tree or something like to to hide themselves from the rain so interesting there may be some confirmation bias in there too because oh, if, totally as a little kid yeah i remember my grandparents telling me the same thing and then if it rained that day or the next day you know, I could see myself being like, oh, well, yeah, because the cows are laid out. So. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I like your 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 cow thought, well, I'm tired. I'm going to sit. And then <laughs> I guess that's my cow accent. I didn't even mean to do that. It just started happening. So the rest of it sit. I like that. Good job. If y'all can't tell, I'm from Texas. <laughs> I like it. Good job. Okay. So 
our next weather myth. I guess this would be a myth. Um, that the sky always turns green during severe weather or a severe thunderstorm. I've heard this before. So this made me think of immediately Twister. This is the second time I've brought up Twister today. I guess that's not totally unusual. No, no. you love. She loves Twister, the movie. <laughs> so there's a scene in Twister where um, the character Dusty, <laughs> Bill Paxton, R.I.P. was his character stood up. He's like pondering, and he bends down and he picks up some of the gravel on the side of the road and he's just running it through his fingers. What is this accent that is taking over? I started over? with the cows and now it's <laughs> Katie's doing the accent too. It's taking over. <laughs> By the way, we're not making fun of anybody because we have no. family members that talk like this. We have accents sometimes, so we're not making fun of anybody. It's just one sidebar. My family, half my family is from Louisiana. That's my dad's side. And when they say my name, Katie, they go, Katie, Katie. <laughs> Katie. Katie. Back to. All right, unside, Katie. Back. Un, un, <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> um, so he's picking up. He's got the like gravel running through his hands. He's very serious. And uh, the sky, they made the sky look green. And Dusty comes up to him and he's like, We're going green. You know that? You know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Thank goodness this isn't live. I mean, it's kind of live. We're just—I mean, whatever rolling. we say is going to go to people's phones. So, so he says we're going green. So that really, I think, stuck with people. And I looked this up because I was like, okay, good. Because I've noticed a green sky when there's been a storm around once in my life. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, no, that's not something that I've ever seen with my own eyes. So it happens sometimes, but not every single time there's a storm. So uh, I looked this up, and uh, this is via NOAA. They say scientists don't agree on why the sky may appear green during severe weather, although it may mean that hail is nearby. One theory is that large amounts of water and ice in the updrafts of a severe thunderstorm scatter green light. And that's what would make so the sky look happen. green. So it does happen. It just doesn't happen all the time. Every time. So this is kind of like one of those things where it's half true and half not true. Yes. Oh. So just because the sky is not green doesn't mean that there might not be hail in a storm. But cool. if it does have a greenish look to it, that's probably an indicator that there's some good size hail in that storm. Great. So, yeah. Now we've been talking a lot about um, agricultural uh, sayings and and things that you know are passed down from one generation to the next, and some of them really do have some truth to them. Others of them are, are just you know confirmation bias, like what we've been talking about. This next one's a little controversial. It's the farmer's almanac. All right, so I did a whole deep dive into the farmer's almanac for ksat you can find that on ksat.com as well but basically recently there's been a, a, a resurgence of people talking about the farmer's almanac and the reason for this is many folks feel like the farmer's almanac predicted the 2021 february winter storm across texas uh, whereas again i did a deep dive and it really didn't it, it the way the farmer's almanac is is written is almanacs have a rich history in the United States. You know, people before modern meteorology, uh, before we were able to actually study, you know, how the atmosphere works, there was no way really for people to forecast beyond 
you know, what may happen in the next couple of hours. And so a lot of it was uh, climatology, what usually happens in the winter and in the spring, what usually happens in the summer, when's the best time usually to plant your crops. And so people would make these almanacs, one that's very uh, uh, dear and near to the United States history is the Poor Richard's Almanac, which was actually written by Benjamin Franklin under the pseudonym of Richard, poor Richard. And in these almanacs, they would have what I just talked about, like what usually happens in spring, uh, moon cycles, uh, moon charts, all these things that are indeed scientific. And then he would sprinkle in little fun, like quirky sayings and stories. And it was just a fun read. And so these things have been passed down generation after generation after generation and almanacs are still in publication today and if you buy an almanac what you'll see is they have very detailed forecasts Mm -hmm. year in advance of of the actual day but the tricky thing is they keep the information vague enough to where it could be interpreted as true so i know that is a a long a short explanation of a difficult subject and a complex subject, but I did a really big deep dive that Mm -hmm. Alyssa will put uh, here on the uh, podcast that you can see as well. And of course, we'll provide links to that as well. I loved the article you wrote, Sarah, online because it's kind of in Q&A format Mm -hmm. and and it was really informative because I didn't, I knew about it, but even as a, you know, almost 30 something I didn't know what it was I'm like I don't know what that is I like I never sat down to really read it but I know my grandpa did so it was really um it taught me a lot so yeah you guys should check that out and I'm not bashing almanacs I'm just saying that because they're traditional right I'm just saying that we have uh better science yeah so okay cool next up Katie next one I've heard this saying a lot uh growing up red sky at night sailor's delight Red sky in the morning, sailor's warning. Very ominous. So I genuinely did not know where this came from or or what it meant. Uh, But from reading online, the general idea is, and there could be some validity to this. I think it's kind of like the the green sky and severe Mm -hmm. weather thing. Um, Could be accurate sometimes, but sometimes maybe not. So weather systems especially large-scale weather systems. So the low-pressure systems that bring us our cold fronts, they move across the country from west to east. Now, at times, you may have a single rain cell or a storm that moves from east to west, but that's on a much smaller scale. So our big-scale weather systems that really bring about big changes, changes in air mass, they move from west to east across the country. So the idea... um, is that and then the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. So a rising sun ahead of an approaching storm system would illuminate the clouds coming and that would give you a, a red sky in the morning. And so that would mean that a storm there's coming. weather coming yeah. that day. I see. But a departing storm system so and in the evening if you look east and there's a lot of clouds there because you just had a lot of rain that day and the weather is moving out and east when the sun is setting in the west the light would reflect off the clouds yeah make it red yeah okay cool 
and it may not be red. Sometimes when we see pink. color at sunrise and sunset, it's orangey and pink. So that's kind of what, and, and we've, I've, we've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, not every single time, but sometimes. So I do think there's some validity to that old saying, red sky at night, sailor's delight. Red sky in the morning, sailor's warning. warning. That's All right. just, I, what a how what a treat to start the day off like that morning. This next one, I grew up hearing it being said, <laughs> but apparently Katie did not grow up hearing it said. Alyssa did not grow up hearing it said. Okay, if there is a if it is raining and the sun is out, this is a problematic saying. <laughs> the devil is beating his wife. Okay. I know that there are viewers and listeners that have heard this before. Yeah, there are. I know. For sure. It's a it's an idiom well known. Okay. The devil is beating his wife. It's another it's an idiom for a sun shower, okay? Which is kind of, you know, whenever it rains and there's sun out, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, I don't know. I, even now I'm still like, whoa, why are there raindrops and the sun is out? So here's where it comes from. This is gonna be short, okay? The rays, the sun's rays represent the devil's fire and the shower represents the wife's tears it's intense so, yeah it it was a ra- <laughs> since last <laughs> the devil's beating his wife and i sent katie an instagram video of me saying this idiom like a year and a half ago two years ago and so she funny. lost it we're gonna share that Instagram video right now. Y'all, there is rain and there is sunshine, so you know what that means in folklore. The devil is beating his wife. Look at that. Rain falling and sunshine. Look at it. So history takes the saying back to the 1700s and it originated. Wow. Yes, so this is how we know that I'm not crazy. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. (laughs) Okay, the devil's beating his wife. Yeah, I think I've just always heard sun shower. Okay. (laughs) That's much more pleasant. Sun shower is much more pleasant than the devil's beating his wife, which is very problematic for many reasons. I can't wait till you have uh, kids one day. Why? When it's raining, when it's still sunny, and be like, look, kids. And they'll be like, mom, you're crazy. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. Okay. This one, one, this one, I've never heard, and I so random. This was very random. Oh, this is the last one. Take it away, Katie. I just needed this last one for me, so we each had three. So was it has it been three or four? Um, I just needed another one so we could be even. So (laughs) she always has to one on me. No, we each have the same one, two, three, four. Okay, what is it? Audience is waiting. I can't even say it. I'm gonna laugh. <clears throat> an acorn on the windowsill lay and I took the road less traveled no that's not it an acorn on the windowsill lay this will keep all lightning away what what that's I've what never, I wrote down have I you heard that Alyssa? <laughs> no Alyssa never heard it what um this was actually <laughs> I find this very interesting so apparently the acorn is a big deal it's it holds a lot of sentiment. It's good luck. It's all this kind of stuff. But specifically when it comes to the lightning, all right. So an acorn ta- 
on the windowsill lay. This will keep all lightning away. So just put an acorn on your windowsill. No lightning in your general vicinity. That's how it works. Ideally. What is accuracy? I don't know. So this originates from Norse or Scandinavian mythology. Whoa. So they... Roll with me. They saw the acorn as being associated with Thor because Thor is the god of thunder. Thunder. And the oak tree was Thor's tree of life. What does that mean? I don't know. But they associated Thor with oak trees. So if Thor saw an acorn, he'd be like, that place is good. That place is the tree of life. So I'm not going to lightning in that direction. Yes. So they associate it with Thor. So if you give the... (laughs) Give Thor an acorn. You give Thor an acorn. If you give a mouse a cookie, you give a Thor an acorn. No lightning on your home. That's the that's, that's cool. the best. It makes sense. Listen, right? um, let us know if you've heard the acorn thing. Okay, I, let us know if you've heard the devil beating his wife. Let us know. Okay, and one more little note here about the acorn. Got it. This website says this makes sense since oak trees can be very old and they can grow to be very large. Yeah. So um, they are more likely to be struck by lightning. Depends on where you are. Oh, that's a nice twist there, Ethan. So, thank you to this uh, website. I'll All right, include the link. But um, I learned a lot about the acorns. That was really I, interesting. I hope that makes sense. This Just, episode was so fun. I anticipate a part two at some point or down Alyssa's the line. Like, please no, not not right <laughs> now, but like later on down the line, because we want to know what little idioms you've heard about the weather, what Miss Youth heard about the weather, all those different things. I wonder if there are any that are local to San Antonio or South Texas. That's Mm, That'd be something to check out. Interesting questions. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode (laughs) of Whatever the Weather, putting up with us. We've been a little kooky today, but uh, we're so excited to record this episode. Even if you believe the craziest things about the weather, remember (laughs) to weather Weather the the weather. weather. Whatever the weather. Thanks for listening to Whatever the Weather. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Plus, find the video version on KSAT's podcast page, YouTube, and the KSAT TV app on your Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple, or Smart TV.